Awesome. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm so excited to be here with you. Come on, let's give God some praise if you're excited to be in church. So glad to be with you. I love uh, Pastor uh, Michael and Amanda, and he's got to stop doing that because like, I get emotional. I like that. I love those guys. So, uh, but your church is amazing. Uh, we wouldn't be where we are without you. You guys have been so generous towards us and your friendship and uh, just supporting us and, and, and all that we're doing. And uh, I'm just so grateful again to be here. Your team's incredible. We love you. As uh, uh, Pastor Michael said, uh, my wife and I have the privilege to uh, lead and serve Discover Church in uh, Philadelphia, Lower Marion High School. And um, I'm married to a beautiful young lady uh, named Monica. She's actually not with me because she's actually preaching at Discover. This guy is texting me. All right, sorry. <laughs> so, um, um, so yeah, so I'm super excited uh, to be here. Where was I? Oh, I was talking about my wife. So, um, yeah, so a beautiful wife. We've been married for uh, almost 22 years. Uh, we had three beautiful children. And um, I'm going to tell you, um, give you a little bit about myself. I spent the um, better part of 20 years of my life in corporate sales. Um, that is the only explanation that I can explain to you why I'm married to my wife. Um, I got a strong sales game. So, uh, and when I met her, <laughs> you can see I'm not all that great looking. So, um, so I, I just sold her on the plan and said, girl, we're going to have the best time of our lives. She said, okay. I was like, that's it. So, uh, but I'm super excited. And, uh, and, and between us, we've got three beautiful, amazing um, incredible children. And so when I saw her, I was like, okay, here's the deal. I know um, my children are going to be smart. They're going to be beautiful. And, you know, the rest is just gravy. So, uh, so I'm super excited. And I got my, my uh, second child, my daughter Milan, with me. She's interning uh, uh, with me um, while she's home from college. And, um, and we've got a son, Mark, and a young, younger daughter, um, I'm Michaela, who's uh, 14 years old. So super excited. Like, are they tripping? Like, they're calling me. My church is calling me right now. <laughs> like, I need help. You got <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> you might have to edit all of that out. So anyway, anyway, so I'm super excited to get to kick off this message series with you. I'm just going to pray real quick, and then um, we'll jump right into it. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity, Father, to share uh, this message, Father, uh, that's on my heart, God. I pray, Father, that you would uh, uh, use it to be a blessing uh, to these beautiful, precious people here at True Life Church, God. I pray, Father, that their faith will not be uh, uh, forward, move forward, Father, not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but with power and with your spirit, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, today, I want to talk to you about your attitude. <laughs> Y'all like, what? What are we doing here? So, uh, but no, for really, I want to talk to you about um, our, our attitude um, because our attitude is a real big deal in how we face our life. I want to start off with this passage of scripture in Proverbs. I think we all know it. It says, for as, as he think or as we think in our heart, so are we. As we think in our heart, so are we. So in other words, as you think... That's who you ultimately become. And so what I want to kind of start off by saying here, and this is kind of the thesis of my message today, is that your attitude uh, can be your greatest asset or it can be your biggest liability when it comes to how you face life or how you face the challenges that we experience in life. Let me do a disclaimer here is I I'm like a, I'm a real animated preacher. 
I love crowded movie theaters, and so I, because I love all of the conversation that goes back, so the message will get better the more you and I communicate, all right? So I just want to let you know I'm a hollerback preacher, so you can talk to me, you can yell at me, you can say, man, that's really good. You can shout out, man, you won't break my concentration. Like, we're good. We're going to be locked in. We'll have some fun today. And so as I was saying, so here's the thing, right? Life is like a, a race. I actually think life is like a race, and I come from a family. My, my, my children, they all ran. They all ran very competitively, doing very well. And, um, and so life, to me, is like a race, but it's not just a flat surface. It's a race that has hurdles in it. In other words, we have obstacles that we experience in life, and some of us as believers, what ultimately happens is that when we give our life to Christ and we try to follow Christ, we get connected in the church, we expect that life is supposed to be smooth and easy like that track with nothing on it, with all weather conditions perfect, with no, no rain, no, no hot weather, no, no inner wind conditions, none. Life is supposed to be easy and it's supposed to be smooth. There are no hurdles that we will ever experience. And so what happens with that perception is that when we, when we experience hurdles in our lives, we get surprised by them when things happen. And when we get surprised, we either get angry, we get fearful, and, and, and when we look at these hurdles, we, 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 sometimes we take the position, we take the attitude of, you know what, somebody else has, has to come and, we, and they've got to move these obstacles. They've got to move these hurdles out of our lives because I'm not going to deal with this. And so what happens is when everything is good and when everything is perfect, when everything is sunny and 80 degrees and on Sunday, when all, all conditions are perfect, our attitude doesn't play, it doesn't necessarily play a role in, in how we feel and what we do. But, 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 here's the thing, you may want to write this down, it is in the moments of difficulty, the moments that you experience your hurdle, the moments that you experience your challenges, your moments that you experience difficulty, that your attitude is sometimes the only difference between whether you keep going or whether you quit. That's a good place to say amen. I'm going to help you today. <laughs> Your attitude is the only difference to determine whether you keep going or whether you quit. Notice I didn't say your experience. Notice I didn't say what you've been through. It's your attitude. It's how you view them. It's how you view your past. It's how you view. It's all, your attitude is the biggest difference on whether you keep going or whether you quit. So, so let me define what an attitude is. Like, like, what do you think about when you think about the attitude? What's the first thing that you think about? You probably think about someone's disposition, but I'm going to help you with this. Your attitude, by definition, is an inward feeling. It's something that, that is happening on the inside that often is expressed in outward behavior. And so no matter what, is that people will always project what they're feeling on the inside. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes what, it'll, it, what we'll do is we'll actually try to mask our attitudes with the things that we buy, the things that we indulge in. Like, like some of us, will, will be, to protect our attitude, we'll, we'll try to mask it by buying cars or by buying clothes or by buying houses or buying all of these things. We will buy these things to try to, to try to mask our attitude. But how many of you know that over time, in the right circumstances, in the right situation, at the right time, your attitude is going to make itself known? It's going to wiggle itself free. As a matter of fact, it's going to set itself free. It's going to say, man, you've been keeping me trapped in here all this time. I got to come out and I got to show myself to the world. 
It's my attitude. And it's, it reminds me of a story. Of, uh, I read this story about this little boy. He was about four years old. And he was just acting up. He was, he was out of control. And his mother finally got frustrated with his behavior. And she goes, you know what? She was like, I'm going to put you in timeout. And she told the boy, she was like, sit in this chair. You're on timeout. Sit in this chair until the buzzer goes off. And then the boy, he sat in his chair reluctantly, but he knew he was in trouble. And so what did, what did he do? He sat in the chair. And he's like, I might be sitting in this chair on the outside, but in the inside, I'm standing up. And, and that's how our attitude, that's what happens in our attitudes. So our attitudes, eventually, they will find a way to come out. In fact, when I, when I was a sidebar here, when I think about timeouts and my children, the only timeout my children got was when I was taking a timeout because I was beating them and I needed to catch my breath. I was like, oh, timeout, timeout, hold on. We'll continue this in a minute. So, you know, beat your children. They need to be beat. So anyway, I'm trying to tell you, they did something like, all right, all right, scratch that, scratch that. I want you to think, no, hey, this guy's about capital punishment and all this stuff like that. No, but you know, sometimes they need it. <laughs> anyway, so the point that I'm making is that our attitudes will eventually show themselves or it'll be, they'll, they'll show themselves in our behavior, especially when we approach the difficult things that we experience in our lives. So let me share this with you. Let me tell you how powerful your attitude is. Your let me show you this. Your attitude is, watch this, the leading indicator of your true self. You can be one of the best actors ever, but your attitude is who you really are. That's a good place to say amen. There's not a single part of our life that is not affected by our attitude. Let's go to the next one. It's your best friend or your worst enemy. Your attitude is. Let's keep going. It, it's more honest and more consistent than the words that you speak. Your attitude, again, is your true self. Watch this. It, it's what draws people to you or repels them away from you. You've got some people that, that you know that you're like, man, I don't like being around them. It's something, something about them. They, you know, it's, it's, there's just something. It's their attitude. And then there's other people that you love being around. They're life-giving. Why? It's because of their attitude. It's because of their attitude. Let's keep going. Your attitude is never satisfied until it is expressed. This thing is bothering me. Never, never until it is expressed. You will never be satisfied with it. It's got to show it. It's, it. It wants to show itself. It wants to, be, it wants to be in a peasantry of life. It wants to show itself. Hey, look at me. Hi. It's my attitude. Watch this. It's the hard drive to your past. It will always remind you of what you've done in the past. And when you face those situations, again, when you face similar situations, your attitude will be like, it'll say, hey, listen, remember how we handled this the last time? We can handle it again the same way. Your attitude is like Netflix. You know how you go on Netflix and, and it says, hey, do you want to continue watching this? That's exactly what your attitude does. When you find that situation, a very similar circumstance, it'll say, hey, do you want to behave like this again? And you keep saying to yourself, why do I keep behaving? Why do I find myself in the same situation over and over and over again? It's because your attitude is the hard drive of your past. It's the spokesperson for your present. So when it reminds you of your past, it starts to speak right now. See, right now, how you're in the situation you're in right now because of your attitude and how your attitude uses words to, to speak about your current situations. And then finally, it's the predictor of your future. Your attitude today 
will determine your future tomorrow. Your future is influenced by the attitude that you have today. Somebody say amen. amen. You getting something out of this so far? Watch this. And here's the thing. There's, there's like five major things that, or I call them major hurdles. We, we're talking about a race in life. There's five major hurdles that we all experience in life, and our attitude will determine whether we get through it or whether we quit, whether we keep going, whether we quit, whether we, I'm telling you, your attitude plays a significant role in these five major things, major hurdles that happen in our lives. Watch this. Here it goes. Discouragement. We all get discouraged at some point in life. And let me tell you something. What I found is that the biggest, the two biggest causes of discouragement is when we compare ourselves with somebody else. That's a good place to say amen. amen. <laughs> and when we're working on something and we're not making any forward progress. See, discouragement comes when I look at where I am in life and then I start looking at other people and I should say, you know what, and this is what I do. I look at them and I say, well, they don't have anything that I don't have. And when I think about uh, discouragement, what I, you know what I think? I think we should stop looking out the window, meaning stop looking at everybody else, and we should be looking in the mirror because the only person that we should be judging ourselves against or comparing ourselves against is the person that God wants us to be. But that all has to do with your attitude. You want to be a real big loser? Every time you do something, go, go look on Instagram. You'll be a real big loser. Because everybody's perfect on Instagram. Everybody's further away than I am. If I ever want to be discouraged, all I do is when I leave church, I just go to Instagram. And I'm like, oh, my God. He had how many people show up this week? Oh, you know, we baptized three people. I go look at my friend. He baptized 31. Discouraged. <laughs> Stay off of that thing. That's the devil. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Got lost for a minute there. We all have to experience change. I know some of us don't like change, but guess what? Newsflash, change is inevitable. We all will experience change, but your attitude will determine how you experience change. Next one, next hurdle. We all will experience failure. Your attitude will determine if your failure is final or fatal or your attitude will determine if I can learn my lessons from my failure, does they cause me to fall forward? It's all about your attitude. You see this? Your attitude plays a real big part in how you view and how you look at life. We all have problems. We all have issues. I have shoes. You have shoes. We all have issues. Listen to me. How do you handle your problems? Do you look at your problems? Your attitude will determine if you look at this problem and you see it's detrimental or you look at this problem if you see it as an opportunity. It's all in your attitude, how you see things. And then finally, how you view fear. Is it real? Is it imaginary? Is it uh, exaggerated fear? Your attitude plays a big role. And every single one of us are going to face these five hurdles at some point in our life. And if you're not, just raise your hand so I can come to your house because I want to see how you're doing it. And so the reality is, is that when we're younger, we don't really have a choice in the things that make up our life. Here's what I mean by that. You can't choose the time you were born. 
You can't choose where you were born. You can't choose the family that you were born to. You can't choose your race, your person. All of those things, you, you know, when you're younger, you don't really have a choice over those conditions. But as you live longer, as you grow older, now you have a choice. You've got a choice whether you want to do your homework. You have a choice where you want to go to college. You have a choice of where you're going to work. You're going to have a choice where you, who you're going to marry, what you're going to do in life. You have a choice. And guess what? Your attitude is a big piece of your decision making. It's a big piece of the choice that you make. It's a big chunk of your life of how you view your day-to-day -day activity. This is so important. You can experience extreme hardship, but trouble and suffering is a choice. You've got to choose how you're going to view the difficulties that you experience in your life. Your attitude is still a choice, and there's no one in the scriptures that is a better example of an attitude when things are not going according to plan than Paul. In fact, historians, notice I didn't say theologians. Theologians obviously study theology, but historians, people who do not necessarily study the scriptures have said that Paul is probably the second most influential person who has moved forward the Christian faith second only to Jesus. And the reason why I want to make that point is, is because I don't know about you, but I love it when I can follow a real person and not necessarily a, char a character. You missed it. So Paul is a real, like, I'm not about to read to you about a, a story or a superhero who is unattainable. I'm about to read to you a real person that went through some real difficulties because I look at how he got through his difficulties. And if I look at how he got through his difficulties, then maybe those things can help me get through my difficulties. And so what happened is that Paul had everything mapped out. He had a strategic plan. He was praying to God, and he was like, man, God, man, all I want to do is I just want to get to Rome. And if I can get to Rome, then I can preach to the leaders of Rome. And if I can preach to the leaders of Rome, and if they can believe in Jesus, and they can believe in the message of hope, and if they can believe in the good news of the gospel, guess what? We can change the world. Man, I've got a plan. We're going to get into this boat, and we're going to sail over to Rome. And so when Paul gets his crew, he gets his people together, and they started to sail, guess what? In between that time, Paul was beaten. In between that time, before he got to Rome, Paul, was, was un, uh, he got shipwrecked. He was in the storm. He got into a bad argument with the people because he was trying to tell them, listen, I looked at Kate Bilo and the weather report, and the weather report saying it's not good for us to go today. And they decided they were going to go anyway, and they got caught in the storm. They were hungry. They, it was just a mess. They, you ever tell somebody, like, listen, 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 I don't think we should go today, or I don't think we should do this, and we do it anyway, and you end up, like, in a mess and a catastrophe, and you're just sitting there like, yo, I told you we shouldn't have went today. This is what was happening in Paul's life. And so Paul went to Rome, and when he got to Rome, he wanted to go to Rome to preach. But he ended up going to Rome as a prisoner. He was a prisoner for two years in Rome, trying to figure out what he's going to do. Some of us, we're in that same situation. Because I'm sitting there thinking, Paul wanted to go preach, he ended up in prison with a new guard every single eight, every eight hours. He had somebody new come in and watch him. Paul was on house arrest. And I'm sitting there thinking, what will Paul be saying? What was his attitude? And some of you are in the same situation now. 
You're looking at your current situation. You're like, man, if I would have got that degree or if I get this degree, then I'll get this job. And you've got this job and now you're looking at it and you're like, I'm either overqualified or I'm in the wrong field. God, where are you? you, you, you you're thinking, man, if, if only I could marry my sweetheart. Like things are going, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to marry this great person. And, and you married your sweetheart and now they're just a tart. They're not, there's, there's nothing sweet about them. And you're, you're kind of like, man, what is going on here? What happened? God, where are you? You know, you're waking up and one day you're thinking, you know what, by this age, I'm going to do this or I'm going to have this. And now you wake up and you're like, I, I don't have this and I don't have that. And I'm going to tell you, that was my biggest struggle is that, is that I thought that by this age, I was going to do X, Y, and Z. And, and I always look at myself and I always wonder and, and I have difficulty. And if I don't get my attitude right, it'll, it'll, it'll start being a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I'll actually start defeating myself because I look at it because I look at it and I say, you know what? I started late in life. You know, I always look at, man, if, if I, I, I used to have these conversations, man, if I had better parents. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't have started so late in life. When I, when I gave my life to Christ, I was 27 years old. I figured that I was, I was too old to get started on my spiritual journey. And, and even, to the, even today, sometimes I look back and I say, man, I'm too old to be doing what I'm doing. But, but, but it's all about the attitude. So I'm trying to figure out, man, what, what can we learn? What did Paul say? What was Paul's attitude? What could Paul have said? If Paul was some of us, this is what he would have said about his imprisonment. Remember, he had his whole life planned out. Some of you had your whole life planned out, but now you're facing, you're facing some hurdles, you're facing some difficulties, and now things aren't going according to plan. This is what Paul could have said. This is what Paul could have said. Watch this. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 12, he could have said, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me really sucks. This is real messed up. Matter of fact, I don't deserve this. Like, like why, why is this happening to me? Wait a minute, God, I pray to you. I laid out this whole entire plan. I'm following you. I'm committed to you. I'm giving to you. I've given my whole life to you. This sucks. No one's ever felt that way before? You don't have to raise your hand. Just look straight. It's okay. But as a result of the difficulty I'm, I'm experiencing, <laughs> I'm out. I'm done with this thing. And some of you, you've, you've given your life to Christ and, and you follow Christ and, and things haven't gone well. And you sat here and you said, you know what? This isn't working. I'm walking away from this. Maybe you're here today because you're like, I'm going to give it another shot. I'm going to give it one more chance. I'm so glad that you're here today. But he says that I'm out. This is what we do. And the first thing we do, we say, I'm quitting small groups. <laughs> I didn't get to lead the small group that I wanted to lead. Somebody says something that I didn't like. So I'm quitting small groups. I'm never coming back to church again. I'm not serving anymore. So don't bother me and don't ask me again. This is the new whack attitude version of the Bible. <laughs> so if you're new, let me just, if you're new, don't go looking for it. <laughs> I made it up. <laughs> I don't want you to be like, yo, what version was that preacher talking about? No, I was just making it up. I'm, so what I'm saying to you is that if Paul had this attitude, 
a negative attitude, this is how he would have approached the hurdles that he experienced in life. Paul didn't say this. This is not a real version. This is what Paul actually said. Paul actually said, I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything, even the hurdles that I'm experiencing, has happened to me here, everything that's happened to me here has actually helped me to spread the good news. In other words, the hurdle I'm experiencing, I, I know I don't like it, and I don't wish that it, I, I, I don't want it to happen, but now that it's happened, because I have the right attitude, now I can see that it's actually helping me to further my mission, to further my purpose, to further my, my, my direction. That's what Paul was saying. Paul was saying, like, regardless of what's happening, I'm not going to lose focus on the purpose that God gave me. I'm not going to lose uh, focus on the mission. I'm not going to lose purpose, uh, uh, focus on the, uh, on the direction that I'm going in. God told me to preach the message and plant churches all over this area. So Beth Paul is saying, in spite of what's happening here, I'm still going to do my job because I've got the right attitude. And it continues on, and he says here, he says, For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. See, what everybody else was thinking, oh, my God, Paul, this is so bad. Paul was saying, man, this is so strategic. Like, oh, my gosh, I get, you know what, man, you get, there's no chance for you to get away. You get eight, you get a new guard every eight hours. Paul is saying, man, I get a new person that I could preach the message to. How many times are you looking at your life and you're seeing the difficulty that you're going through and you're saying, you know what, God, this is a great opportunity that I can share the message with my family. This is a great opportunity that I can share a message with somebody on my job, my neighborhood, my church. This is a way that you can use me to be a blessing to further the mission of the life that you've called me to live. Woo, this is good. Somebody ought to say amen. I'm preaching real good. That's a great job, Mark Poland. Hallelujah. But no, he's looking at it with a great attitude, saying, now I get an opportunity to preach the message to new people. And watch what happens. And because of my imprisonment, because of the difficulty that I'm experiencing right now, most of these believers, they have now gained the confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. Oh, Paul, this is really bad. No, you have no idea. When I change my attitude, I can see that God is still working in me and in my situation. I can see while you're looking at it and you're saying, oh, this is really bad. No, I can see that God is still moving while you're looking at it and saying, oh, this is really bad. My attitude reminds me that God is still active and he's still working and still at work in my life. So here's a couple of things that we can take out of Paul's uh, uh, life. Here it is. Is that number one? Is that you need to take responsibility for your attitudes. Like nobody else. You have to take responsibility for your attitude. I have to take responsibility for my attitude. My attitude and how I face my circumstances will determine how I get over them. And guess what? Some of you continue to repeat the same thing over and over and over again is because you haven't taken responsibility for your attitude. You haven't made the necessary changes. Watch this. In Proverbs, it says, a man who refuses to admit his mistakes. In other words, a man who looks at himself the same way and will not change his attitude can never be successful. 
But if he can confess and forsakes them, in other words, if he can change his attitude and change the way he behaves, right, he gets another chance. See, God is not going to skip you and let you skip past the grades. <laughs> but if you change your attitude, he'll give you another chance to, to, to get over what you failed the first time. Isn't that great that God gives you another chance? In other words, there's no, there's no number on that. So if I failed it the first time, he'll give me another chance. If I failed it the second time, he'll give me another chance. He will give me another chance. My attitude will dictate, or my attitude will dictate how I overcome the circumstances that I face in my life. My attitude is, is the things that are on the outside of the things that are on the outside. My see, in other words, my circumstances cannot dictate my attitude because my attitude comes from within. My attitude determines how I get over my circumstances. So, so you can no longer use that as an excuse that, that, okay, that thing calls me to feel the way that I'm feeling, or that thing calls me to look and behave the way that I'm behaving. No, it's, it's within you. You have to take responsibility for your attitude. And when you start taking responsibility for your attitude, you'll stop beating yourself up. Some of you spend way too much time beating yourself up over the mistakes that you've made. But once you take responsibility of your attitude, let's move on. Because if you can change your attitude, if you can make your attitude, if you can change it, to change it for the better, I'm telling you, you will be able to get through the difficulties that you're experiencing in your life. Amen, somebody. Let's keep going. Number two, you've got to evaluate your present attitude. You've got to evaluate yourself. This thing is driving me crazy. All right, thank you. <laughs> so you've got to evaluate your attitude. That's how you improve. That's how you change. Why? Because you've got to assess yourself. And some of us, we don't want to assess ourselves. You know why? Because we know we're wrong. <laughs> you've got to assess yourself. That's how you improve. Look at what the Bible says. Lamentation says, instead, let us test and examine our ways and let us turn back to God. There are some ways, there's some attitude, and there's some attitude adjustments that we need. And guess what? We've got to invite God into the process. We've got to ask God, Lord, show me where my attitude is funky. Show me where my attitude is dysfunctional. Show me where my attitude is not right. Lord, could you help me? And guess what? He'll show you. But then you've got to pray and ask God for the courage that once he shows you that you're willing to make the change. And some of you, when God shows you, guess what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to go and tell somebody or somebody's, I'm sorry for the way that I behaved. There was something that was going on within me. My attitude was messed up. And so I need to tell you that I'm sorry. So when you leave here today, some of you need to tell some people, I'm sorry. And when you do that, guess what happens, right? You start to develop a desire to change. Let me read this quote for you. You're not going to like this at all. You are the way you are because that's the way you want to be. Oh, let me hurry up and move on. <laughs> if you really wanted to be any different, you would be in the process of changing. And we understand, understand change is never easy. And I know that it takes time. It takes energy. It takes perseverance. When you try to step out and try, you got to, you know, you might mess up. You got to go back. You got to do it again. But change is a necessary part of life. 
And you and I must make the choice is that I'm not going to continue with this bad attitude towards the difficulties I experience in life. Your attitude could be the biggest difference maker in how you get through the challenges. Watch this. In Deuteronomy chapter 31 and 6, it says, so be strong and courageous. It's going to take courage to change your attitude. Do not be afraid. Watch this. Because when you start developing this desire to change, do not panic before them. Watch this. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. So guess what? The Lord will personally go ahead of you. He's working in the hearts already of the people that you need to respond to. And he's preparing their hearts and getting them ready for when you come and you go, or when you go and you say, you know what, I'm sorry, I had a bad attitude toward this situation. Would you please forgive me? Now watch this. And he will neither fail you, nor will he abandon you. God is going to be in the midst of that with you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? Glory to God. And then finally, watch this. Change your attitude by changing your thoughts. I read this story about this author. His name was Norman Vincent Peale. And he was in China. He was kind of walking through the streets in China and he saw this tattoo parlor. And in the tattoo parlor, it had this tattoo in a window and it said, born to lose. And it puzzled him so much that he, went, he actually went inside the tattoo parlor, parlor. And he started talking to the guy, the, the tattoo artist, and he said, man, he said, Does, do, do people really get this tattooed on their body? And the tattoo artist said, yes, sometimes. He says, man, I'm having a hard time believing that people would get this tattooed on their body. And in broken English, the tattoo artist said, before tattoo on body, tattoo on mind. Meaning that they already was thinking it. They already had negative thoughts before they actually put the tattoo on their body. And some of us, We've got negative thoughts, and those negative thoughts affect our behavior. It affects what we do. So, the, so how you change your attitude is that you've got to change your thoughts. This is one, another one. It's a big deal for me. I came from a very negative background, broken home, messed up. And that's all I knew. And it affected my attitude and it affected my behavior on how I saw things. And whenever I experienced difficulty, I always thought, here were the words that I would say, I can't do that. I can't do that. No matter what it was, I can't do that. I kind of started off saying that I was a, uh, a sales rep, high level sales rep at a technology company. And I remember I had a mentor and, and, and we would ride together on sales calls. And I remember I went up to an appointment and we parked in a parking lot and I started getting nervous. And the previous call that I had with them was kind of, had some tension in it. And I just remember saying, I can't do this. It's too hard. I, I, I just, I, I started looking at my inabilities instead of looking at God's capabilities. Some of you may feel the same way. And, then, and right there, he, he grabbed my hand and he, he said, why do you think this way? He says, come on, let's pray. And he would pray with me and he would help me. See, see, I would have these limiting beliefs, but he would replace them with liberating truth of God's word. Watch this. It's so important. Let me tell you why. 
because we are all human, but we don't wage war as humans do. Those thoughts are always the trick of the enemy. He says we use God's mighty weapons, like prayer, not, not, not worldly weapons, to knock down all of those strongholds, all of those thoughts that we have in our mind, to knock those things down, knock, knock down human reasoning and destroy these false arguments because these arguments, the enemy kept telling me that, man, you're not, you can't do this. You're not the right one. You're not smart enough. You're not educated enough. You're not, you're none of those things. You can't do this. And look what happens. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ. How do we teach them to obey Christ? Is that I replace those negative thoughts towards my attitude and I replace them with God's truth. Watch this. And it says, and after you have become fully obedient, after those thoughts become fully obedient, guess what? We get rid of them. Punish everyone that remains disobedient. Here's the big idea. Watch this is that you can't determine what happens to you, but you can determine your attitude towards it. And your attitude towards it will change how you overcome it, or if you overcome it. And I'm telling you, it was, it was significant for me. And when I started to see myself the way God saw me, and when I started to change my attitude, there was not an opportunity that I felt that I could not get in front of and that we couldn't win. And that's the only reason, again, why I'm married to the woman that I, that I have now and family that I have now, because I had an attitude that said, girl, your life ain't gonna be better unless it's with me. <laughs> but before, I'd have felt like I was, there's no way. She's way out of my league. want to tell you some of you here today you're facing what seems like insurmountable odds but I'm trying to tell you is that your attitude is going to determine whether or not you're able to get through it or not the first step to change in your attitude is inviting Christ into your life and so if you're here today with every head bowed I know you may not do this all the time here but with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come up front. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. But what I am going to do is I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up when I count to three because I'm going to pray with you. Because that is the first step. We've got to invite Christ into our life. And when we invite Christ into our life, he can help us with our attitude. So if you're here today, on the count of three, I just want you to slip up your hand. If you know that you need to invite Jesus into your life to help you to work on your attitude. One, two, three. Let me see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand in the back. I see your hand. You can put your hands down. This message was just for you. It's awesome. So here's what I want to do. If, if all of us all together as a family, if you could just, there are several people that raise their hands, but I don't want them to feel like they're alone. If we could just do this together, just repeat after me this prayer, this simple prayer. Dear Jesus, come on, everybody. Dear Jesus, I believe you are the son of the living God and you died for my sins I ask you now to come into my life to come into my heart to save me and set me free thank you Jesus today I declare is the first day 
of the rest of my life. Come on, let's give God some praise.